Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Was he indeed telling the truth or was he lying? In light of the fact that there are so many different religions and faiths in the world, how can we know what's right and what's wrong? Stay tuned for a brand new episode of Gospel of Repentance Ministries where I try to explain the reason behind that most incredible question. Coming up next. A question I would imagine why I'm sure a lot of people ask when it comes to the whole thing about salvation and going to heaven and that sort of thing is why do we as Christians, as believers, insist that there's only one way to God? I mean, that seems narrow-minded. And the actual truth of the matter is it's not narrow-minded. The way indeed is narrow because that's the way God designed it to be. It is a narrow road to get to heaven, but it is by no means narrow-minded because if a person has determined that it's narrow-minded, then what they're in essence is saying, what they are saying in essence is that God is narrow-minded and God is never narrow-minded. So there is only one way to get to God and I, I want to bring something to your consideration as to why that is the wisest thing for God to do. All right. So what I want to do real quick is I want to go over two passages of scripture that talks about the narrow road versus the broad road. And the first one that I want to look at is in Matthew's gospel. So I want to, so I want to look at Matthew chapter seven real fast. and want to read some a few verses in that gospel. Matthew chapter seven. This is the Sermon on the Mountain, by the way, that Jesus did in Matthew's Gospel. So it says here, this is this is Jesus speaking to his congregation, people that were there. He says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many and many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and listen to this and only a few find it all right so that's matthew chapter 7 verses 13 to 14 now i want to go to a similar passage it's in luke chapter 13 and i want to start with verse 23 someone asked him meaning someone asked jesus lord are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, Make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I do not know where you are from. Then you will say, we ate and drank with you and taught in your and you taught us in, in your street in our streets. 
But he replied, I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, all you evildoers. Verse 28, there will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves thrown out. People will come from the east and west and north and south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last who will be first and first who will be last. Now, to kind of get an idea, to get the context of this here is that Jesus is talking to Jewish people. And the implication here is that many will try to get to God, but they will go the wrong way. And that is primarily the way of the world. And how and what ways are the are the wrong road or the broad gate that would be false religions that would be uh, Buddhism that would be Hinduism that would be Jehovah's Witnesses that would be Catholicism that would be the Baha'i faith that would be the unity school of Christianity that would be new age and so many many more you follow what I'm saying those are all broad roads that lead to destruction and most of you who have heard the word of God any length of time know that Jesus clearly said in one of his, in one of his I am statements he had seven of them all together but in John chapter 14 verse 6 he clearly declared he says I am the way I am the truth and I am the life no man comes to the father except by me all right and in John's gospel the eighth chapter in the 24th verse Jesus talking to the religious leaders said this to them. He says, if you don't believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. And there's only two scenarios that we can experience here in this earth realm. You either die in Christ, which means you die with your soul intact. In other words, your soul is saved. You've been redeemed or you die in your sin, which means the wrath of God is abiding on you and, and it will abide on you for eternity. In other words, you will, you will have no hope. So while you're walking in this earth realm and while you have breath in your body, that, by the way, is borrowed or given to you by God every day, you have some hope. But once lights are out and once you breathe your last, if you die in sin, your hope is gone. You are totally hopeless. You have no more hope because while you walked the earth and while you did your thing, you had the opportunity to repent of sin and receive the gospel truth that's in Jesus Christ. But when you refuse, it's too late. So why? only one way that's kind of I mean that's pretty much the crux of this episode this podcast why only one way why did God make it so narrow when we have all these different religions in the US and all over the world I don't know how many there are there's thousands of different ideologies different worldviews different theologies different faiths different belief systems there's so many and it seems like they're always developing so why only one way I mean to me this 
it displays the the wisdom and just the common sense of God think about it I, I just read something online just a moment ago before recording this and it said that in 2017 that the adult population from like ages 18 to 65 was four point I think billion 4.92 billion or something like that a whole I mean so I mean so many billions of people all right so think about it if if this was a free-for-all meaning that we all could choose our own path to God we can decide on our own which way we should go how many different ways would there be because you have people who have maybe they have a monotheistic view where they believe in one God whether that God is true or false but most people have a lot of different belief systems they just believe they they pick and dabble in everything they, they think there's good in all type, all types of religions and so you got four point something billion people but you're gonna have probably over 20 billion different opinions so God in his infinite wisdom like okay let's simplify this thing I'm only requiring I mean there's only going to be one way to get to me and that's going to be through Jesus Christ and him alone so God being perfectly wise and infinitely wise decided that there will only be one way to him and any other way is a false way and and is a and a person that goes against the truth is an idolater and is a blasphemer and will be judged by God so to me that is just common sense and one of the great reasons why there's only one way to God and, and simply God who <laughs> controls everything and rules everything and is completely sovereign over all his creation can do whatever he wants to do and he doesn't need our approval or disapproval it doesn't matter what we think God has already made the decree and that's the way it is so if you trust in Jesus Christ for your soul salvation you're in the kingdom of God you have been adopted into the family as a son or a daughter if you refuse that invitation then you're out of the kingdom of God and God's wrath will abide on you and that that's it in a nutshell either you believe the truth or you're going to believe a lie and based on the decision that you make will determine your ultimate fate either you're going to live eternally with the Lord in glory or you will eternally live without him in torment and eternal regret and pain so that is why it is important to understand why there's only one way and once again like I mentioned it's not narrow-minded of God but the way indeed is narrow as a matter of fact in Luke's gospel chapter 13 that I just read to you a moment ago some version says strive to enter in through the narrow gate and that word strive in the Greek is where we get the word agonize in other words it's constricted it's it's hard to get into and let me let me explain what I mean by that salvation is free it doesn't cost us anything to receive salvation because Jesus Christ paid the cost to secure 
our salvation and when he died on the cross it satisfied the wrath of God against sin because remember sin is a death sentence so someone has to pay for sin and the way they have to pay for it is with blood by their death and so since you and I are too sinful to save ourselves and to atone for our own sins God in eternity past now understand this God determined that he would do this before the foundation of the world all right when he sent Christ to the earth to be a sacrifice for mankind said that wasn't a backup plan that wasn't an afterthought that wasn't like oops uh, Adam sinned, and I didn't know he was gonna do it so now I got to come up with a backup plan it was always the plan of God to send the son to die for the sins of the world as John the Baptist so aptly put it he said behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world John chapter 1 verse 29 right so sin requires death and so I've mentioned this before but it bears repeating there had to be a transfer so God the Father treated his son God the Son as if he was a sinner he was not actually a sinner but by imputation it was like he was a sinner and we're not righteous but God treated us when we believed in what Christ did for our sins as if we had not sinned. So there was a divine exchange and it's called imputation. In other words, God placed our sin in Christ's account. He treated him as if he was a sinner. And when we believed, we received Christ's righteousness, right? Why? Well, because Christ paid the debt that we could never pay. In other words, he paid a, a debt that he did not owe because we could not pay the debt that we owed. So he had to pay it for us. But here is the, the tragic, tragic uh, opposite of that. For those that refuse to receive Christ as their sin bearer they have to now be laden for eternity for their own debt for their own sin debt because sin is a debt that's owed to God and God requires death for sin and if you know anything about the Old Testament law that's why they sacrificed animals in place of the person the animal was the substitute for the person so the person would bring an animal as a sin sacrifice the priest would lay his hands on the head of the animal and it was symbolic of transferring the person's sin who brought the sacrifice to the animal and then the animal would be slaughtered and the blood would be shed and that would atone temporarily in a sense for the person's sin the sin i mean the sin the, the blood of the animal can never take away sin but god was using it as a type a typology until the perfect sin sacrifice came to the earth the Lord Jesus Christ and he shed his blood for sin forever so that's why it's so critical to understand and realize the importance of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross when he was crucified he was 
dying for the sins of the world for you and for me but it only applies and it's only effective for those who trust in it who believe you don't automatically get your sins have your sins taken away and forgiven if you never believe and that's why it's important for people to understand that when you present the gospel message you 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 only receive forgiveness of sins when you repent of your sin and you trust Christ that he did indeed do what the Bible says he did. Now, whether a person believes it or not does not negate the reality of what Jesus Christ did. He did it regardless of whether we believe it or not. It is to our benefit to trust and believe in it for us not to do that is utter foolishness and it could be eternally damnable to those who die in unbelief. You follow what I'm saying? So it is very important that the sacrifice, that you understand that the sacrifice of Christ was always, it was a predetermined decision made by God before the world ever began. So that's how precious and how important it is for us to understand the sacrifice of Christ. That is the only way, the only truth, and the only life that a person can believe in if they're truly going to be saved. Any other way is not going to grant you salvation. It's going to grant you damnation. And understand this as well. For those of us who are saved, we never, ever deserve it. Damnation is fair. It's just because we're, we're wretched. And so once again, God being so omnigracious, if I can use it that use use the terminology that way, decided that he's going to show compassion and pity us and decide, even though they deserve to die, and even though they need they deserve to be eternally separated from me, I'm going to do something that is uh, of ultimate love, of ultimate compassion I'm going to sacrifice my sinless son for their sins he's guiltless Jesus Christ is sinless but the Bible declares that he was made sin and I'm gonna I want to read that to you so you so you can hear it I'm gonna go to second Corinthians all right chapter 5 and I want to second Corinthians chapter 5 let's go to second Corinthians chapter 5 and we're going to look at verse 21 which is the last verse in that in this chapter it says God made him who had no sin talking about Christ to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God and that's what I was talking about just a moment ago that divine transference that imputation God put our sin on Christ so that he could bear the sin and that it would satisfy the wrath of God. So when Christ died, it, satisf it satisfied God the Father's wrath. He was satisfied. He said it was enough. And that's what Jesus said, remember, right before he gave up his spirit, he said, it is finished. It is finished. And what did he mean by that? In other words, the work that God the Father sent him to do to be the sin bearer for the sins of the world was completed. There was nothing more left to do. And so 
once again, transference, imputation. And so when, when a person, when a sinner believes in Christ, God then is free to grant them Christ's righteousness. A beautiful, wonderful thing. I want you to get I want you to get the import of what God went through to secure the salvation of sinners and the love and the depth of the love of the Father that he would go to the lengths that he went to to sacrifice his own sinless son. It seems to some people like a brutal thing to do, but when you understand that God so loved us that he gave his only son that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We have to praise God and we have to share this wonderful news with those who, who don't know and who don't care. And many people, when you describe it and share it as, as passionately and as, and, and, and as lovingly as you can, still won't care because their hearts are closed. They're dead in their sins and they love their sin too much. So there's only one way to get to God. There's not multiple ways. You don't get to pick and choose what you want to do because it suits your ideology or your mindset or your your heart. You don't get to do that. God is not going to accept false worship or a false confession or it's like say, well, I'm going to do thus and so. I'm going to do X y and z and then god is going to allow me into the kingdom of god it's not going to work that way jesus made it clear that the way is narrow and that it's constricted and once again salvation is a free gift but it costs the son of god his life in order to secure it so we can't treat it as something common or as something cheap it is most precious and it is beyond any expression of love that we could ever ever imagine all right so it's only one way to get to God folks Jesus Christ made it clear John chapter 14 verse 6 I am the way the truth and the life <laughs>